Hey everyone, welcome to The Totally Well Show. I'm your host, Joyce Strong. The Totally Well Show is a place where we get curious, ask questions, and explore everything to do with health, wellness, fitness, personal development, helping people, and all the things it takes to help you live a strong, joyous life. My guest in this episode is George Khalil. He is a personal trainer out of Merrimack Valley or Lawrence, Massachusetts, but he works with people virtually right now. And um, so you can be anywhere in the world and work with George. He and I are collaborating with another colleague, Rob Reigns, doing some uh, wellness webinars coming up. So stay tuned for that. Uh, George is talk, talks with me today in this episode a little bit about body dysmorphia and about um, eating disorders, which he experienced. And, uh, and uh, he shares a little bit about his journey coming up um, becoming a personal trainer and how it wasn't his plan to begin with, but that's the way it worked out. He has a specialty in working with um, low impact and helping deconditioned athletes get back into shape. So um, definitely look him up. He's a, he's a great resource to have. And you, again, don't need to come to a gym to see him. He'll work with you virtually. So thanks a lot for tuning into this episode of Totally Well Podcast and Totally Well Show. Hey, George, thank you so much for coming on the Totally Well podcast. Thank you for having me, Joyce. And for um, my listeners, this is George Khalil. He is in the Merrimack Valley and the Lawrence area. He is a personal trainer, and um, he collaborates with me and Rob Rains on a wellness webinar that we're working on. Um, and we've been specifically getting to know each other with um, – uh, the corona, the coronavirus crisis, and um, how we're adapting, and we're kind of teaming up to see if we can help more people that way. So, I'm excited to get to know you a little bit better here on the Totally Well podcast, and and find out more about how you got started in fitness and training, and um, what what's your story. Awesome. No, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to telling you all about it. But I do better answering questions than I do telling stories. So you tell me what you want to know, and I'll give you every detail I have. Great. Well, wh when did you get started with fitness and why? Uh, well, my are you talking about when did I start exercising myself or when did I start coaching? Yeah, when did this start to like become important to you and, and why? Well, starting to work, exercising became important to me when I was in middle school and Honestly, it wasn't for the right reasons. I was just trying to look good. You know, at that age, you just want to, you're starting to kick a little bit and you want to start impressing people. You want to start impressing the girls and stuff. So it was always, um, exercise became a part of my life very early on in my preteen years, just to, it wasn't for the right reasons, but um, I've been doing, been consistently exercising for about 12 years. So when you say it wasn't for the right reasons, what do you mean? Oh, it was just solely based on the fact that I wanted to alter my appearance. It wasn't because I cared about being strong or healthy. I just wanted to, I, you know, I was a really thin kid throughout school and people like to point that out to me. Even my family members like to point that out to me. And that's something that hit me hard because I didn't see myself as somebody who had, you know, an eating disorder. I, I love food. I would eat whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. And to be told that you have, you know, to either be made fun of or to be told that, you know, your body isn't to a certain standard or doesn't look the right way for somebody your age or in your condition, um, 
it just, it really affected me. So it started getting into fitness was kind of a good thing. Obviously it led me to where I am today, but starting out, it was a, a very emotional, a very unhealthfully emotional attachment to it. So was it a body dysmorphism that you're talking about or eating disorder or? Both. So I would put it this way. My body dysmorphia was solely based on the fact that I just, you know, honest to God truth, I was always comfortable with my body until people started telling me, you know, you're, you're way too skinny, you know, you should weigh more, this and that. And I, I just took too much to heart with what people were telling me and wasn't holding myself to my own standards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it came to the eating disorders, uh, what the thing about my eating disorders was that I, I still loved food and it's not that I was completely starving myself. It's just that I was <clears throat> so obsessed with trying to figure out the perfect way to eat that I just developed all these unhealthy patterns, you know, skipping, skipping certain meals, skipping a whole day of eating, um, you know, only eating one type of food for like a solid week. I know there's some people who do it for me. That wasn't the right way to go about it. So a lot of it, it, everything that we're talking about at to this point was honestly solely based on, uh, other people's opinions. And that's what led me down that, that ugly road with my, own mental, um, my own mental health. So what changed for you that uh, made things better? <sighs> well, getting into high school, I went into the, uh, the school gym a lot and I would uh, weight lift with my friends and they, of course, I was the skinniest guy there, but I kept up with all of them and even exceeded some of them. So at that point, you know, again, they start saying, you know, wow, you're really strong for somebody your size. So again, somebody else's opinion affected how I felt. But uh, in that same sense, I started to realize that, you know, I started lifting heavier and heavier weights and such, you know, the progressive steps you take to, you know, see muscle growth and everything. And I realized I wasn't growing or getting bigger, getting uh, anything more than just strength from it. So I really started to, that's when I started to realize that image does not always portray the way, uh, image does not always portray your strength, doesn't always portray your health. And, you know, as, as much as you want to say, you know, there's key characteristics to somebody who's healthy versus who's not. Um, it was just a very, it, it's a very confusing, um, I don't want to say process, but it was a very confusing area for me to look at because, um, I just, I, you know, being a teenager, wanted to get bigger, was getting stronger, wasn't getting bigger. And I, I still dealt with people, um, kind of down talking me kind of, uh, people like to get in my face a lot. People like to, um, start trouble with me because they felt as if I wouldn't do anything about it. And, uh, they realized I'm kind of a, a bomb inside of a small firecracker. So I, you know, I, I earned my respect on my way through, but mainly, Mainly, I was having issues just with trying to pull my health together, trying to make myself stronger, but also trying to accept the way I looked, and I just couldn't put the two together. And uh, basically, it was a slow transition in that um, mental shift, but eventually I did start to realize that my, you know, again, my image was not really a reflection of 
how strong I actually am or how healthy I actually am. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you've done a lot of the emotional and mental piece to really, as you've grown and matured, um, mm-hmm. to, to realign your thinking. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you're right. Um, I just, you know, as you get older, they say as you get older, you start to care less and less. Um, you know, I feel like that is a case, is the case in a sense, but at the same time, it, you know, as I started to um, get really more involved in understanding exercise and nutrition, I realized that there were a lot of things that I was already doing right. So with that being said, I just started to realize, wow, I'm treating myself well. I'm actually really strong. My image is not, or at that point, you just have to come to the conclusion that you're body image is not necessarily going to line up with how healthy or strong you are. So I, I just came to terms with that fact and I've <laughs> just letting that go. Stop letting people tell me, Oh, you're too skinny. You're too this, you're too that. Well, let me tell you something, buddy. Maybe you, maybe I'm a lot smaller than you. Maybe I'm not as, I don't appear as strong or I don't as, appear as fit, but you know, I can knock out 25 pull-ups in a row or I can run three miles and, barely be winded, you know, it just these little things that show that I'm in a very, I'm in my peak physical condition, regardless of the way my body looks. I love, I, I love that you're talking about this. I, I went through it in my late forties where I decided, cause I, I didn't do sports. I was a cheerleader. I did a little bit of dance, but we didn't really have sports in my time. Cause I'm a boomer, you know, and, um, I started going to Mike Boyle's strength and conditioning, and I don't know if you know who, who that is, but he trains. Of course. Come on, Mike Boyle, around here. Yeah, so he trains high-level athletes. For our listeners, he trains college athletes, pro athletes, and I'd be at the gym with all these high-level people, and I was nearly 50, and um, I started to call myself an athlete, and it was, I don't know, it's just kind of my rebel personality, and um, and then I said, I'm going to be a hockey player, which was kind of a weird thing because I didn't know how to skate or any of that stuff that you needed. I didn't have any equipment and I just had to like believe it and become it before I could do it. So you probably wouldn't see me on the street or here on this podcast and say, Oh, I bet she's a really good skater and a hockey coach, but, but I am, I do have a piece yeah. of dick, but, um, <laughs> so it, having classic that- saying, sorry, classic saying, don't judge a book by its cover. Simple. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So I'm I'm really glad that you you say that. That really at any age we can um, become athletic and in where our own you know we're only measuring uh, from where we start to where we can go. We're not measuring up against other people. No, exactly. Yeah. So when did you figure out that you wanted to um, be, go beyond just yourself and helping other people to become fit and train other people? By no means was it kind of in my mind to make fitness a career by any sorts. Um, you know, I studied uh, marketing and business and such when I was in high school, uh, the trade school, and I worked in banks for a little bit. And I, I ended up in the Marine Corps at 17 years old, mm-hmm. and I, I only went on reserve. So you know, I came home once all my training was done. I came home, lived a normal life, and um, one of my first jobs when I came back was working. Uh, and working in a gym, working at actually the Planet Fitness in Drake. Mm-hmm. And so 
from that point, okay, so when I came back, I was working at Planet Fitness, but I was also going to my recruiter station and helping train the uh, the guys who were getting ready to go into boot camp. And I just realized that, you know, I, I really understood, um, I don't want to say people's needs, I really kind of understood where people were at in their current physical condition, and I was very good at modifying anything that I needed to, any exercise or any drill, whatever it was, I all, I was creative enough to be able to put together a routine that worked for anybody on any level of physical conditioning. So when I realized that I had a talent for it, I, um, I was helping people for free um, at Planet Fitness. You know, people, they don't realize that you're not a personal trainer. They come up to the front desk, they'll say, hey, what machines should I do or what exercises should I do for that? And, you know, I was the night guy, so I couldn't just refer over to the trainer. He wasn't there at that time. So I would do my best to answer the questions. But with that being said, I was already starting to get into uh, reading fitness books. Um, I had picked up the, uh, it's called the International Sports Science Association uh, package. It's the it's a personal trainer certification. Yeah, um, I, I actually did that one um, before I did my CSCS. So Okay. Yeah you know all about it. So I picked up all the study materials for that. They were only giving me like three months to study all of it and then take the test. And I was just like, no, I want to take my time. I'll work my job. So I studied that for a solid year before I took my test. And in that meantime, I was just helping people and I was answering people's questions when it came to, you know, um, when it came to like, oh, should I do this form versus that one, this and that, you know, and like I said, these are times I couldn't just refer to another trainer. They, I was on the night shift. They weren't even there. So I helped people as best as I could. And when I started to, it, what really hit me was I had um, one customer in particular, his name was uh, Rob Merritt. And he actually, um, he just made it a point to say, you know, you being here makes me want to actually be here. And it's, you know, not just your personality because he had so much fun seeing me and talking to me all the time. He said, the fact that I, he said, I feel safer. I feel like I have guidance. He's like, even though you're not there for every movement, when I, when there's something I need to fill in the blanks on, he said, I'm able to come over here. He says, I feel like I'm getting the whole package. He said, so he said, you really have talent. And he said, Do you, are you a personal trainer? Or are you studying for it? And I said, honestly, yes, I am studying for it, but I'm not looking to make it a career just yet. And God, months later, I'll tell you, probably six months from that point where he told me that, I found myself saying, okay, need to move up with my life. I don't want to work the night shift at Planet Fitness anymore. So took the test and applied for my personal first personal training job and actually got it on the spot. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So that's so typical of how things happen. You don't, it's me being a podcaster. What I'm doing right now is completely accidental. It wasn't, I didn't go out and and say, Oh, I think I'll do podcasting. It just kind of happened to me. So um, like lots of things. It's not a bad thing. It's meant to happen. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Now we were talking the other day and you, you had mentioned that you have a sort of niche that you like to work in and with low impact type of fitness training. Can you tell <laughs> me a little bit more about, uh, about that niche that you work in? Yeah. So if I'm going to be honest with you, if I had gotten my first choice in the type of 
clientele or the demographic that I specifically wanted to advertise to or work with. Um, it would have been uh, police, fire, EMS, and military preparation training, getting people in good physical condition to join our first responders in our military. Mm -hmm. um, but what I realized is that that wasn't actually the crowd of people who were coming to look for my help. So when I first started my first personal training job at Boost Fitness in Tuxbury, it's not there anymore. But um, I started my first job there, and I, you know, I was telling my boss, "Hey, I want. Can I get the people who are looking to become, you know, become police officers? Can I get the people who are looking to go in the military?" And he was like, "Oh, absolutely. I know you. I know that you will know what you're talking about with that." And we just we never got any of those people through the door. So that was kind of my opportunity to pick up to pick up other clients and realize that um, a good chunk of my uh, or most of my clients all have injuries. They have, you know, everything from uh, they've had, I have one client who had spinal surgery. She has two rods in her spine. I have another, he's a 16 year old kid. He has a disease called Charcot Marie tooth, which destroys his joints, destroys his, um, his ligaments. Um, and he just, it's hard for him to actually keep muscle on his body. So he's just consistently uh, degenerating. But um, beyond that, um, and then I have other people with asthma and just, it, it goes across, across the board. It's somebody who has something to worry about when they're exercising. And again, I brought up the example. I just found myself really good at modifying things for people in their current physical condition, yeah. I connected better with these people. They felt, they just felt so safe working with me. There's no, you know, of course, in the beginning, everybody's skeptical of you, you know, you just hire a trainer, you're, you're going to be okay. Is this guy, I got to try out a couple sessions to see how it is and blah, blah, blah. But um, no, it, it wouldn't take long. You know, first couple of sessions, people would be like, wow, I'm, I'm already, feeling a difference, you know, I'm not going to say they were looking different, but they're saying, you know, I, I feel a difference. And honestly, I feel so confident exercising, at least with you, I feel so confident doing what I'm doing. So that's where I kind of fell into the niche of, okay, I want to help people who have pre-existing conditions to work around. Mm -hmm. So low, the idea to, to phrase it correctly, low impact fitness is just saying fitness, um, it, it's my word for saying fitness that's not going to um, that's not supposed to cause further injury. You know, I find that a lot of uh, guys in the gym are getting injured doing heavy squats, heavy deadlifts, heavy bench pressing. You know, and I don't see anything wrong with that. I love strength lifting, but you know, somebody not everybody's looking to be a strength lifter. A lot of people are just looking to be healthy and in shape, but they still have these conditions to work around and. I wanted to be, and I found myself able to bring them into the fitness world without having to bring them into the whole, you know, the, the strength lifting side or into the, you know, into the more intense side and the more experienced side of things, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of men and women who are deconditioned. Maybe they don't have a, um, a, a disease or an illness per se, but they are suffering from more chronic type of deconditioning and chronic illnesses, um, mm -hmm. who I bet you would be really good with because um, they need to go slower. They need to, for rule number one, and that's what I learned at Mike Boyle's is don't get heart. So everyone entered that gym. I don't care if you were a pro or high level athlete, you're on level one when you came in and you got yourself 
conditioned. And I would always, I'd be older, but I'd be up at level three because I'd been consistently there. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I, you know, I, I think that would be a, a, a nice uh, referral for you to have somebody come in who's, who just wants to get back in shape. Maybe they used to be an athlete in the day. And uh, so. Yeah. And they have somewhere new to start from. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I had another question I was going to ask you. Oh, I know. When, now that we're, one of the things that we're going to collaborate on with the wellness webinar with the change in the, the gyms, you know, we can't go to the gym now. So what are you doing? Well, a good chunk of my clients went virtual. Uh, I did have the unfortunate experience of losing a few clients who, who unfortunately themselves lost employment. So, you know, you can't, can't do too much about that. But um, as of right now, I've amped up my social media presence. I'm trying to film videos, have them edited in good quality and everything so I can put out video demonstrations for people. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm really, even if there are a couple of people who I wasn't able to keep during these times, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather be the person that they're following and they're doing, that they're learning exercises from instead of some fitness guru on Instagram. So uh, I started putting together videos and another good chunk of my clients, we just switch over to Zoom calls and, you know, it, it's not ideal. It's not perfect. I love my person to person personal training, but yeah. you know, it, it's getting the job done. People are staying accountable and more, uh, more importantly, people are staying safe. That's the thing is that, um, uh, when it comes to previous injuries, this is a very, you know, doing virtual training with people with previous injuries can be a very, um, a very risky practice, but it, it's working great. And I've, I've retained a good, a very good number of my clients. And, you know, when things go back to normal, I'm not expecting to see any shortage of them again. So, you know, as much as the, as much as this crisis has kind of sidetracked a lot of things at the same time, I'm getting a lot more time to build up my online presence, let people know more of who I am and I'm still able to take care of people. So it's working out. Okay. I'll make it through. Yeah, well, that's great. So Zoom or FaceTime or those types of um, um, methods. Now, where do you put your the stuff that you've produced when you're doing demonstrations? Do you have a YouTube channel or on Facebook? Where do you put your stuff? So YouTube, um, if you have a Google like email account, then it sets you up. You can automatically set that up to a YouTube account. I have yet to take any of my downloaded videos and put them onto my YouTube mm -hmm. channel or profile, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I certainly plan to do so. And as of right now, everything's just being shared, um, by Facebook. I'm really not, not a social media guy at all. So Facebook is going to be, and Facebook is where most of my demographic is anyway. So trying to become an Instagram, uh, an Instagram celebrity or like a, uh, what's the new thing, TikTok or something like that. I, trying to hop onto these new platforms is just going to confuse me right now. So one thing at a time, I go to Facebook, I post my videos there, and next venture will be YouTube. So is that the best place for people to reach you now on Facebook? Oh, yeah, easily. I don't mind people reaching me by phone as well. I mean, I'll, I'm not going to give you my phone number right over this podcast, but um, my, my phone number is accessible online so people can find me. I'm George Khalil Wellness Consulting on Google, and my personal number will be there so you can uh, give me a call if you need to. Great. 
Um, so was there anything else that you wanted to share today um, as far as your journey coming coming up in the ranks as a personal trainer or some tips maybe or, or one big tip to give people who um, might be locked away now with the quarantine? Actually, yes. I have a tip for consumers and I have and, and our audience and I have a tip for business owners, other personal trainers or any coaches for that fact. Um, first off, to, to the audience, this isn't going to really, this statement right now isn't going to apply to um, people, people who are slightly older than myself. Maybe they don't have the same mentality as uh, I did, but stop following muscle heads and obviously unhealthy people on social media and all of these platforms in hopes that you're going to look like them. Okay. Don't be deceived by things that you're seeing on social. Don't think that you have to have a certain image. You know, the, this is all just advertising. Okay. This isn't real life. This isn't realistic. Care about your body. Take care of yourself. Be strong. Eat healthy. Do not try to copy somebody else's image because what good are we if we're all the same or if we're all perfect? You know, that what a boring world this would be if we were all perfect and didn't have something to improve or something to strive for, you know, mm-hmm. be strong, be healthy. Don't actually, I'm not saying don't follow any of them. A lot of them are great, but at the same time, be iffy of who you listen to online and just focus on being, again, focus on being healthy, not looking a certain way. That's it. No matter how old you are, be healthy. Don't, try to look a certain way. And that's my consumer tip. That's my audience tip. (laughs) My business tip, personal trainers, guys, this is a tough time. Okay. I felt it. It, my business is still up and running. Okay. My income went down a little bit. I'm not going to lie, but you know, if you take care of people, anybody who is able to continue on right now will do so. Okay. I'm telling Half of the half of the clients who I'm working with virtually right now, probably more than that, I guarantee more than that, would never consider virtual training. But I've already worked with them in person. They've gotten they they love the results. They love the work that we do. They love my presence, and you know everybody who is who is able to continue has continued. So don't take it to heart if you lose somebody because this is a very hard time. And the people who are going to be able to stay will stay. And if they can stay and they don't stay, then that's an area to fix. But don't worry so much about your business falling apart right now. Worry about continuing to be the person that you've always been for your clients. And even if they had to leave temporarily, I promise you when things turn around, they will be back. They are thinking of you. They want to exercise. They want to continue on with their goals. But this is throwing all of us off. So just bear, bear in mind, this will this will pass, and we uh, this will be a thriving industry again. Gyms will be open, and we'll be allowed to go to each other's houses again. <laughs> well, I love your confidence and your positivity, and I love your vulnerability as well. That you're you're willing to share some things about yourself to. It just really shows where the heart comes from and your ability to connect and understand how people feel or the, all the various pieces they have to work on, including up here. You know, it really starts up here. So, All of it's up here. All of it. 
Yeah. Um, well, I really appreciate you coming on Totally Well. We're, we're out of time. And, That's okay. Um, but you, I invite you back anytime, and I'm looking forward to our collaboration on the webinar. Um, and again, as well. for the listeners, reach out to George, particularly on Facebook, George Khalil, and those that information will be in the show notes, so you'll be able to go in there and find the links. Awesome. I wish you a very um, awesome day. I'll look forward to seeing you soon. You will. I'll see you on the webinar. Have a happy Easter. All right. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye, Joyce. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, Coach Joyce Strong back here from Totally Well Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and thanks to George Calero, personal trainer, for coming onto the show. I just want to remind you that we are available on Apple Podcasts and I love it if you like, share, comment, review, do all those things that help boost our ranking so more people will see our show and get the help that they need and have the resources they want. And um, also, you can uh, visit me at TotalWellCoach.com to find out more about what I do and learn about my membership uh, site, which is TotalWellCoach.Teachable.com, where you can get coaching, class, access to all of my content, webinars, and podcasts, and daily tips, and classes for free. So uh, also, you'll get discounts on supplements and other things I have so um, that, that the uh, general public won't be able to get. So I really appreciate your coming on today and I look forward to uh, seeing you next time. Thanks a lot. Take care.